Blog Talk Radio. And I'm your host with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your stories told tonight on Marty Oakley's PS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB Lighthouse Christian Radio, 89.9 KLRB FM, forgive me, Lighthouse Christian Radio in Oklahoma and the surrounding areas. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Oh, it's going to be quite a show tonight. We've got a little, just uh, a brief update for you with Julius Jones. And as well, we are going to be speaking again about George State and the wrongful conviction. And who done it? Who killed Arthur Smith many, many years ago? We're going to get into that a little bit more. But first, I'd like to say hello to my mother in New England. Hi, Mom. Thank you for tuning in. Glad that uh, that you are tuned in. Hope you stayed in today. And and because uh, it was wet and rainy and yucky and raw around here too, so I imagine it was there as well. Uh, I'd like to say hi to my mom. Of course, as you all know, um, she's like my favorite person in the whole. The favorite, my favorite mom in the whole world. My only mom, and you know, the best one. I, I'm biased, but, you know, if you knew her, you'd feel that way, too. <laughs> okay, I'm in one of those moods. What can I say? This is such a serious conversation tonight that we're going to be having. Have to have a little bit of fun sometimes, too, right? Um, this show tonight is also brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the annual Whistleblower Summit in Washington, D.C., so uh, special notice there uh, to Marcel Reed out there. And as well, it is brought to you in coordination with Journeys to Justice, a nonprofit organization uh, to help those that have been victim to uh, public, I'm going to say it, corruption or public uh, or abuse or something's gone wrong. How about that? Something's gone wrong. And uh, so we do whatever we can with Journeys to Justice, and we're always looking for volunteers. So feel free to reach out to Journeys to Justice at Outlook.com. We're pretty simple, but what we do, we keep it simple, but we're serious, okay? So once again, I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I am your host. And we were supposed to hear from Melissa Hurry tonight, who's on her way to Oklahoma City uh, to do the sit-in for the clemency hearing for Julius Jones tomorrow morning, and uh, she got stuck at Bradley International Airport. The whole airport this morning had to uh, evacuate, so we don't exactly know what happened, what went on there. So instead of her calling in and updating us, she was going to, you know, be live from Oklahoma City and just give us the feel for everything that was going on there. 
um, surrounding the uh, night before uh, the clemency hearing. Uh, I'm I'm just letting you know that Melissa, unless I hear from her, she will she will not be on because calling from the airport now that the airport is back open, she's not going to get on a flight till 10:30, and the airport is just too loud for her to to talk now. It was worth it if it was from a crowd live a rally for Julius Jones to save his life and in support of uh, positive hearing tomorrow, but. Uh, we won't be having her on, on, unfortunately. But she does send her best to everybody, and she, as always, will keep us posted. And you can always take a look at her Facebook page, okay? She's great giving the updates. And it is Melissa Hurry, and it's M-A-L-I-S-S-A, Hurry, H-U-R-R-Y. And I'd like to share what she shares also. Now, in case you're hearing that name for the very first time, she is an ethics expert that comes on quite a bit, a regular contributor, contributor, uh, uh, and she comes on as a guest quite a bit with me. So just in case you're tuning in for the first time, that is uh, who Melissa Hurry is. She's also very interested in the George Skates case and Arthur Smith uh, and uh, bringing justice and uh, she works in Connecticut for the state of Connecticut. Um, she does not do her advocacy work for anybody but herself um, and others on her personal time. So uh, I just wanted to, you know, put that disclosure out there. But here we are tonight, and we are talking about George Gates again. Now, George Gates has been in prison for decades for the murder of Arthur Smith. We've had a couple shows on it, like I said, but we're going to bring on his daughter. His daughter. So I want to first of all apologize because in the promotion it does say sister. So we're bringing on his daughter, Sheila, to talk with us tonight. And you can count on uh, this being a bit of a series because we've. I had a nice interview with him, the first interview the only interview that he has had since he has been in prison. And he is in prison for uh, a life sentence and and more. And uh, it's essentially been the perfect storm with what's happened to George. Now, Sheila has been for decades trying to find out, trying to get to the bottom of who really did murder her father. And she knows from the bottom of her heart that it has not been, that it is not the man that is serving a lifetime sentence. And so we're going to be talking with Sheila tonight. And we're going to just start out the show um, after I get her on. And we're just going to clear the air with some confusion and some bad energy that's been out there um, really just taking away from what we need to be paying attention to. But first, I want to invite, I want to say hi, Sheila. Thank you so much for coming on, and how are you tonight? Hello? Hang on. Okay. Hang on a second. Okay, try around. Okay, Sheila? Uh-huh. 
Oh, hi. There you go. Okay. Now, now we've got you. How are you? Were you a, were you able to hear the introduction? I was a little bit all over yes, the place. Yes, tonight. I was. I wish, I wish the volume was just a little louder for me. Um, okay. I'll try to speak up. Okay. Okay. Is that any better? Yes, that's a little better. All right. Well, Sheila, um, I want to first of all apologize because in the promotion, I did I did uh, refer to you as um, as your father's as, as a sister instead of a daughter, uh-huh. so that won't happen again. So I need to apologize about that. Uh, I'm I'm his oldest daughter. I'm the oldest of uh, his three children. Okay. Okay. And how how are you tonight? This is your first interview, right? About the show? I mean about yes, your father. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. Yes, it is. Uh, and well, I I get tired towards evening. <laughs> um, but I, but I I hope to do all right. You might have to have a little patience with me. I've got all the patience in the world, and you have all the patience <laughs> with me, so it goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so I just shared with our, our listeners, in case you you didn't hear, because I know the volume was a little lower at the time. I just I just shared that you are um, trying to seek that you are seeking justice for your father, and as well, you know in your heart of hearts that. Uh, that George Skates, who is convicted with the murder of your father, is an innocent man who is doing a life sentence. That's that's right. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I I also brought up that I I'd like to clear the air with some bad energy that's that's going on out there. I figured we'd get this out of out of the way and and I want to clear the air. There's a couple of different pages that are um, on behalf of the advocacy of uh, George Skates' innocence. All right, there's one page that is justice for George Skates. So uh-huh. this page, so uh, there's um, a couple of, of ladies that, re- that are running that page, I, I guess, and um, one of them, actually, Angie Dent, uh, I believe, is one of them, I had her on this show a couple of times on behalf of George. Now, I've since, you know, uh, there's some things that I've needed to come out with to correct the record with certain things that were shared with me, and I'm also uh, aware that, you know, she did some work on the case and had, you know, was able to find some other people, you know, to work on the case, and that there's been a number of people that have, come along and uh, try to work on the case to find out who really killed your father and also to relieve that uh, conviction against George Skates. Unfortunately, the um, the page Justice for George Skates that is run by uh, her, I believe, and one other woman, it has turned very sour, it's turned very ugly, and it has attacked um, his daughter, discovered a couple years ago, I guess it was, that she is the daughter of George Skates, and she did that through DNA testing. She did the ancestry thing, and I've seen the paperwork that shows that she is 99% likely through the bloodlines 
the daughter of um, of George Gates. Now, Angie and this other lady did not have a problem at all with the daughter until the daughter said, I can't work with you anymore because the information that's being spread isn't always correct and the demeanor was not helping George's case. Um, you know, you can't go yelling at prosecutors and yelling at public defenders and calling and making demands and being aggressive and being irate. Um, and especially getting bad information out that there that which she shared on my show, and I therefore repeated and had to correct, um, that's just not good for the case. So um, if you want to go where there's not going to be any bad energy or misinformation, or if there is misinformation, it will be corrected. The proper page to pay attention to is the one that is SKATE, S-K-A-T-Z-E-S, Justice, and then in parentheses it says George SKATE. All right. So that's the page where we're just, you know, we really don't want to spend time on drama. We don't want to spend time, you know, there's like pages and pages and pages of harassing, accusing, and attacking things against uh, George's daughter. And it's funny because when somebody claims to be an advocate, you you just Uh don't do those kind of things. So I know it's caused you some, you know, a little bit of heartache and concern about George, because you do speak to George. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Yes, I'm in contact yeah. with him uh, uh, for several months during, you know, all all of this um, uh, investigating. And um, this, uh, this uh, podcast uh, page for his defense should only be uh, for uh, things about his defense and and all this other is uh, I don't approve of it. I've asked for some things to be uh, taken down and it hasn't been done. Um, it, it, it's very disappointing to see this and uh, George is being put in a very uh, 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 bad uh um, it's affecting his credibility, and 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 um, he's been put in a bad light because he was been incarcerated since 1983 in the big and really, and he doesn't have full knowledge of the internet or use of it, and I, it's hard for people I know because I'm older. I don't do the computer and. Um, he, I don't think he realized fully that he was being recorded, and and this puts him in a very bad light. Um, and and due to all this uh, negativity that's put on there, and his voice being on there is put, putting him in danger of his phone privileges being. Uh, uh, Stopped, and uh, and um, he in no way uh, uh, had anything to do with this. Um, no, they were recording him and decided to share that, and the goading was terrible, just absolutely terrible. 
the goading. Yeah, it yeah. Was elder, it's elder abuse. It's absolutely elder abuse. Well, it's also being directed to the prosecutor and uh, my brother and I and and George's daughter had a, a, a lengthy meeting with him several months ago, and he is taking his time. He is being very thorough and trying to be very fair, and you do not antagonize someone that's trying to help you in your cause. Um, right. This is very disappointing uh, to me. Um, I don't approve of any of this, and I have let them know that. Um, and I believe it's my understanding that um, this person has lost phone privileges to speak with him at this point anyways because of the issues. Is that correct? Yes, it could happen. They're investigating it. Uh, it it right. looks like he is the one putting it on there, and he isn't. His voice is not supposed to be on there. It, it, it you know, it, and it's, it's causing a problem for him. Um, okay. Okay. Well, we're well. We just wanted to get this out of the way, and you know, we just hope that you know, if if anybody from that group is listening, that you know, let's just let's just agree to disagree and stop defaming. You know, somebody who should not be defamed, and the gaslighting has got to stop. You know, especially when there's you know proof. You know, people can say anything that they want to say, but the proof is in the pudding, and let's just uh, move on and be and yeah. be advocates. Let's just move yeah. on and be and beyond it, and um, and don't yeah, and uh, and you know a, a choice has been made by George's daughter not to um, not to work with Angie, and and that was a choice that she had a hard time making, but she knew that she had to make that choice. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I know that, um, oh, wait a minute, somebody's saying to me, ask her about Angie saying he wanted, oh, yeah, 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 and, and you know, trying to, she's trying to get the podcast, you know, the interview, a copy of the interview that I did as well. Yeah, well, actually, uh, the, the, the interview has not been released, and um, she had said that she got a copy of the interview, and it's impossible. It hasn't been released. So there's just silly things that are going on, but it's time, it's time to move on, and there are plenty of people that need advocates, and, and, and we just need to have some good energy and not cause a man that's actually on death row um, more heartache and play games with his head. Um, right. And and go ahead, Sheila. Well, all all of this I I feel is you know kind of adding to his mental stress that he deals with daily, uh, and it, it it's not fair. Uh, not fair. No, <laughs> no, it's 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 not fair. A- absolutely, it's a very selfish thing to do. So yes. yeah, um, I, I completely agree. Yeah, you should just be able to talk to people without 
um, being manipulated or, or just talking about stressful things. It's stressful enough. When you're in prison, every day you're just you're fighting to stay alive in a sense, you know, and he sticks to himself. Oh, oh yeah. It's my it's, understanding. It's very difficult. Um, um, I'm, I'm sure if if anyone has any uh, experience with uh, someone in prison or has any idea of what their prison life is like, uh, it's 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 very frustrating to to hear those things. The more you learn about it, the less you want to know. You know, right, right. Because he's, you know, there's only so much he can do from from in there. There's only so much that um, he can do. So, so uh, no, you're, you're, he, he's limited in what he can do in 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 communication. You know. Uh, No, and right now so he, he has to rely on people out here that are working for him. Um, and and he and he needs people that are doing things right, and that are going to be civil and know how to hopefully get things done, rather than, you know. So there's a prosecutor now that's considering reopening the case looking into reopening the case this is not a different pro this is not the same prosecutor who oh no oh who no prosecuted the case no it is so, not uh-uh. no um and so, he he is a very uh, a sincere you know fair person um um you know, Aaron and my brother and I, all three could, got the same impression, and we can't, we we can't all come up with the same impression and be wrong. I don't think. Right, right. So, so we don't want to go after the prosecutor. We don't want to no, give them no. a hard time. And then I've no. said on the show before. You know, I have a brother who's a prosecutor, and you know, he's been probably 35 to 40 years now my goodness and and you know they're not all bad and and he's one of the good ones then and, and people have to realize how busy prosecutors are and they have a ton of power prosecutors have a great deal of power more than most can possibly imagine and, and even if you wanted to be strategic that's the last person that you want to get upset with you is the prosecutor. It's just like the clerk of the court. You know, when people go into a court and they submit paperwork, well, believe it or not, that clerk has a ton of power. So you don't want to be uppity with that clerk. That clerk decides what goes in front of the judge and what doesn't. You know, so it just just pays to be civil. It really just pays to be civil. It's also like don't tick off the cook. You know what I mean? So, so uh, as far as um, this the story goes with the, with this case with your with your father, how old were you when your father was murdered? I was thirty seven, and my father was fifty seven. Okay, okay, um, and you had explained to me that you were very close. Uh, yes, yes, we were. We were uh, uh, very close. Uh, uh, in fact, 
I didn't realize how much of a daddy's girl I was until he was gone. Uh, oh. uh, but I, I, I if, if this is, I've never gotten this far, you know, fighting for him, and it's something I will continue to do to fight for my father for justice and the truth. And, you know, I would, the person that really done it is out here walking around. Um, and I, I will always uh, uh, fight for George's uh, uh, justice for him. Uh, his family also deserves uh, 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 answers and in, in justice. Um, yes. And now, do you feel that the person who did this is somebody that is local? So we're talking about Bellafonte or Bellafonte, Ohio. Bellafontaine, Ohio. Uh-huh. Bellafontaine, Ohio, and this is in uh-huh. Logan County. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Logan County, okay. So why don't we go through... Uh, uh, what you know about that day that he went missing. That he went missing? Yes. Um, let's see. Well, he he come up missing Friday night after he walked out of the store, closed the store. Uh, we, we, our theory uh, uh, was that he uh, went home and uh, something started there, uh, who all was involved, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, he could have been taken somewhere else. There's, uh, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that, testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh. so, he was, so, so your father ran, he was a manager of Rink's. It was a store. Yes. In Bellefontaine. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, um, I, and if I you're was, fairly... Uh, pardon? Go, you go ahead. Um, I was told on Sunday, she had called my home on Saturday to tell me, but I, I was ill. I was getting sick Friday and uh, Friday night, and um, I had some kind of flu real bad. And um, so she, my mother was here and talked to her, but she said she'd get back with me. Well, she come out on Sunday morning to tell us then, but she didn't get this over is my his, brother this on is Saturday night. because he was supposed to meet with my father and work on the Volkswagen. So he went up. And, and he knew, but I didn't know till Sunday morning when she walked in and told us. Um, okay. But uh, you know, uh, and you're speaking about your you're speaking about your your father's wife, right? And that was your yes, stepmother. Mariana. Yes. Right, Marianne. Okay, so she. Okay, so what what day was it that George did not come home, or what night was it? Friday night. My, that was my a father, Friday night. Arthur, Arthur Smith. 
Uh, Arthur Smith, forgive me. Yes, yeah. that was that he he did not come. I know because we keep talking about them both. So uh-huh. he did not come home, and you had shared that he was very much a, a creature of habit. That he always had a way that he would do things. So yes. like he was very reliable. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Uh, as my husband testified, you, you could set your clock by him. Um, he he was a workaholic. Uh, he took his work seriously. Um, Marianne always said she was always knew where he was or was with him. Um, mm-hmm. And it, uh, when he, I knew when she came out and said he was missing, uh, it didn't make sense. Uh, uh, something you know something uh, was terribly wrong. Um, yeah. Yep. You 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 told me the, the exact words. We knew something wasn't right. I knew immediately when she walked out that something was wrong. That it did not sound right. That he was. That you know, just missing. That, that, and, that he had come up missing. No. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I I told you that. My husband also yeah. said something's not right here. Uh, she refused to sit down. She said she couldn't stay. She had something. She. Bill, uh, uh, their son, Billy, that was five years old, had stayed all night with a friend on Friday night, and I don't, I don't know whether he was still there or where, but she had to pick him up, and um, mm-hmm. uh, she, she just never sit down and talk to us and said, "What do you think's going on here?" Let's, and never sit down and talk to us about it, and. In fact, if you ask her anything, she would try to kind of cut you off and discourage you talking, and and she would get very defensive, which didn't make any mm. sense, you know. Mhm, mhm. And uh, um, and it's my understanding that she um, was a suspect along with uh, her daughter at one point. So. When so your your father got remarried to to Marianne, who you know is a, a younger woman, uh, seven years older than I was. Yes, seven um, years older than you. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's I mean these things happen. That just that's okay. That in itself isn't a lot, you know. I mean it's a lot, but that must have been a little awkward for you, but. Um, <laughs> So you're, uh, so you're. My, you know, my, I got along with her. Uh, 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 you would, I, you know, I didn't have any real differences with her or anything. But I, to yeah. say we were super close, no. Uh, right. Right. Um, so, so she came in, into the marriage with. Um, with a daughter, a daughter and, and a younger son, and a younger son. Okay, but, and but when this when dad disappeared, the son I has lived. I'm not sure how long. Year and a half, two years. I don't know. With his father, I think in Indiana, uh, they were having a little trouble with him, and he. When they uh, he decided to go live with his father. Okay, 
and then your and then your father and Marianne had a child together, and that was the five year old that she was heading out when you when she came to your house to let you know about him missing. So that was the five year old that you were speaking of, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And all right, and so you're the oldest, you said. Yeah, the oldest. So and um and so then you have a brother as well. Yes, he's about two years oh. younger than I am. Okay, all right. So he reminds uh, me a lot of my father. He's a very responsible person, and we're very close. Now you and your brother both agree that that George Skates did not murder. Your father, right? Now, what does Marianne yes. and Kathy, who is the daughter, feel regarding that conviction? Has there ever been any questions or discussions about that? About what? About um, what do Marianne and Kathy feel about George Skate being convicted with the murder of your father? What did Marianne and Kathy think? Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. I have I have no idea what they thought. I, I uh, Kathy and Donald. <coughs> um, uh, Kathy would say hello once in a while if we were up there. She walked through. How are you? And went straight to her bedroom. We we you know I was thirty seven years old. And they were teenagers. You know. Right, right. Um, they more or less right. stuck themselves. I was never close to them. Right, right. So the the daughter had just graduated from high school, and she was heading to, and she had just started as a freshman at Bowling Green um, College yes. out there. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. So let's let's talk about what you know and and what you are unsure of about the night that um, that he went went missing. But there's a couple of different theories here, aren't there? That uh, that um, somebody abducted him while he was leaving work that night. Yes, there were there were uh, uh, that uh, came up to uh, the law enforcement investigation. Um, mm-hmm. They at first they thought it was just simple robbery and murder, but that's eventually what they presented because they never pursued. Um, anything that we tried to explain or, you know, um, concerning the case. Um, It it was very frustrating. Um, They They thought it was was a robbery gone bad, right? Yes, that's that's, uh, what what they uh, said, and that's what the prosecutor presented at trial. That's why my husband and I and my brother went into the trial 
thing that wasn't right. Um, it, it, it's a very complicated case. There's a lot to it. Um, um, it there, and, it, re- and there, it really is. And then, and then after the trial and the conviction, see, see the the lead uh, uh, defense lawyer that uh, George and Cindy Skates hired to defend him. Um, he was very forceful in the beginning, and then when it came time for him to really. Really, uh, uh, when when the prosecution started, he he folded his arms and sat back and 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 um, and put uh, his uh, co-counsel in charge and really done very little. Uh, why he done that? I have my theories, but uh, he either had to be. He had to be threatened or coerced or paid off or something. Um, mm-hmm. We asked that uh, Marianne be questioned on the stand. We asked that Kathy be there. Uh, they kept saying Kathy could not be found, um, which, and, and I didn't know you started a trial of someone was subpoenaed and did not show up. I thought they found them, uh, but they didn't. Yeah. And, and Marianne had planned, and it was common knowledge, uh, um, uh, pre, pre, you know, uh, group uh, the- trip to, to Monte Carlo in advance, uh, in, in, in several months in advance, and um, she went ahead or. Uh, asked to be excused after her original testimony, and the judge granted it, which made no sense to us, and we had, had insisted that she be cross-examined, and, 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 and that wasn't right. Uh, that was just so it's my understanding that she was emptying his bank account um, within 24 hours of him even being missing. He, he disappeared on Friday night, the 12th and the 13th. On Saturday morning, it's supposed to have been when she went into the bank, two banks, and took out all but a small amount of money out of the savings and a small amount out of the checking account in another bank. And why would you do that if someone was just missing? Um, right. Unless right. you unless knew you they were, were unless, unless you knew they were coming back. Unless you were people to go out and try to find them. Exactly. Exactly. Why? Why empty the bank account? Do you, is, get, did she know well, my, that he my was, father had quite a bit of money in his account. Uh, he was looking for either a piece of ground or a property to buy, mm-hmm. and uh, um, he had he had worked previously to this management work, he had previously worked on a foreign job with the railroad in Liberia, West Africa, and he he had money. And he was talking about buying a new car because they had a used car, 
and he said, when I find the one I want, I'm going to pay cash for it. Now, you don't do no. that if you don't have any money. Right. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So he was looking to buy a new car, looking to buy some land or a piece of property. So there was money waiting there in the bank. And it was a matter of right. So so, so your father goes missing. The uh, The second wife empties out the bank account pretty much the next morning, doesn't show up, they asked to be excused uh, so she could go to Monte Carlo and not uh, show up for cross-examination, and yet she and Kathy were uh, named as uh, people of interest, the stepdaughter and the, and, and the, second, the second wife, your, your stepmother. Um, yes. And it's also my understanding that there was a problem with some checks that had been cashed at rinks where he had worked, and that had been found out as well, checks that his uh, daughter had cashed. Is that correct? Yes. She she had worked at Simmer at rinks. So, so they were just small fair checks, but her mother, uh, she had differences with her mother, I, I was told, and and she'd done it to get back at her mother because they were very small amounts. But her mother's right. uh, was throwing a fit, so my father had turned it over to the police department. And when they told him that um, they found out that Kathy had cashed them, they wanted to know what he wanted to do. And he said, prosecutor, like, you know. Uh, you would anybody else. Yeah. Like anybody else, and uh, it was laying on the, the police chief's desk at the police department when he came up missing. Now, that's just one small thing concerning right. this. None of this means that either of them killed Arthur Smith. None of none of that means it, but it's, but it's very suspicious why somebody would empty out the bank account knowing that her husband was missing, and why isn't she trying to find him? Yes, um, um, and and I uh, when I was talking before about the lead uh, defense uh, lawyer uh, for George Gates, um, we received. Uh, it's hard to remember exactly. It was like not more. I don't think it was more than a month, more or less. Uh, mm-hmm. After the trial, we received an anonymous letter, and it pretty much went along with our theory of what had happened, except the letter said it was kind of lengthy, and it said that uh, except one piece of evidence we didn't have or couldn't figure out that would have tied it together, and I still can't figure out what that is. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that so, was verified, and an anonymous letter was verified to me by two FBI agents in my home that were working on George's Gates' appeal and looking into all of that when, when, um, of. Uh, because he is on death row, and, and, and yeah. in, in doing that, um, they 
started looking into why he was in prison anyhow, and they got interested in uh, my father's murder case that he was convicted in. And and they verified to me and showed me the proof that handwriting experts they got verified that the anonymous letter was written by Lou Williams, the lead defense attorney for George mm-hmm. Gates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's on, and I, it's out it's out there uh, on the internet. Um, yeah. Yep. I've got a copy of that too. Yep. Good. Yep. Yeah, and and that and, and this only much, took place. I only found this out about eight years ago, probably, not much more now. Right, right, because that's when you said that the FBI was looking into this this matter, and and then uh-huh. they just there's like you said there's this one piece uh, that that was that was missing. Um, now, what were were Marianne and Kathy actually arrested at any point or being held or as far as you no. know because they no. weren't no. okay so then I've got to clear the record on on that because I had been told that um, Marianne had been uh, arrested at one point or um, okay now no. all right well, well thank you for that all right Ultimately, George Skate, who was convicted of his murder, knew nothing of your father, never met your father, never stepped inside of Rink's or on the grounds of Rink's department store, or had anything to do with your father, and it was three years later. Uh Uh-huh that um, he was actually named as a suspect given snitch testimony. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? He he knew, uh, well, he knew, uh, George Gates knew Jimmy Rogers, and Jimmy Rogers was doing a life sentence at the time, and, and... See, Marion, Marion County and Belfountain law enforcement worked together to to uh, put this together, to put George Skates, as they called it, away and keep him in mm-hmm. prison because he had, you know, been causing them problems off and on, and and uh, they. They wanted to get him, and he was an easy, believable person that could have, you know, done this. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh, Jimmy Rogers' testimony and favors got him out of a life sentence eventually. And he's been free mm-hmm. for I don't know how many years now. And his right. ba- Jimmy Rogers' backup was a testimony of his wife that was also a, 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 a convict, I would say, in, in a, mm-hmm. you know, she had done things. Um, they, 
they work they, together. They are. Uh, yes, they they work together, and and this was all on Snitch's testimony. And how how do you convict someone on Snitch's testimony? Um, and, and when that's the only thing that you've got, when it's the only thing that you've got, that's it. Absolutely is. Uh, de- de- devastating, Ab- absolutely devastating. I'm looking at an article right now in lawinfo.com. Um, there are many implications of wrongful convictions due to false testimony by snitches. Defendants convicted on the basis of false testimony may spend decades or years in prison. Snitch testimony is the leading cause of a wrongful conviction in murder cases where the convicted defendant went to death row. A wrongful conviction of an innocent person obviously can have devastating results for the criminal justice system as a whole. It can potentially, it can have a potentially irreversible impact on the innocent defendant who loses years of their life to incarceration or who the state executes. so it's very important that, you know, I just don't understand what's happened to our system when when it comes to the criminal uh, prongs of convictions. It's supposed to be beyond a reasonable uh, doubt when, you know, there's, it's, it, it, what's the reason, beyond a reasonable doubt is the fact that he had nothing to do with, there's nothing that ties him to the death of your father except for the fact that there's niche testimony. And, yes, George Skates was not a perfect man. He had been convicted of robbery um, and forgery, I believe, but never had he been involved in a uh, violent crime. No. Mm-hmm. No, and if you check all the years he's been in prison, he is not... He is not a problem in prison. He is not a violent person that he was portrayed to be. Um, He has a good prison record. He sticks to himself because he's had, Mm -hmm. since since he was convicted in my father's case, he's had a snitch uh, testify uh, uh, against him in something else. um, Like a Lucasville riot. Yes, and it, 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 I mean, he sticks to himself because you, in prison you can't trust anyone. Um, he's, he's had a few friends over the years, but, uh, but very few because, because of uh, people doing anything and snitching to making up things to, to get themselves uh, a better deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when so we were talking talk- about... When we were talking about the trial, uh, I wanted to say that you're at the mercy, any defendant is at the mercy, as we all know, of the jury that is selected in there, or carefully selected on purpose to to try to achieve uh, what they're trying to, to do, you know. Um, right. And... It's, it's very unfortunate because there were, there were a lot of people behind us after this trial that said, you know, a prominent per, 
people and they were following the case closely or was in there in the courtroom and uh, they could not believe that George uh, Scase was convicted. Right, right. Well, but you, um, they you, they can get by and get, with anything that if, if someone doesn't find a way to stop them, you know. Right, right. And they can get away with it. Why? Because they get away with it. Because they can. And yeah. you know, so many people roll their eyes and say, "No, that can't happen. That's illegal." Or, "No, that can't happen in our system. That can't happen in our country." Well, guess. I guess again and yeah. you know the fact is you now Bell Fountain does not have the best um, reputation uh, or at the time when it came to uh, oh. funny business going on is that it correct still, at it, that time? it still doesn't it's continued and it's escalated um, okay you know <laughs> because once you get away with things, then you keep getting away with it, and then you get carried away. So, given it, well, you take they've, a mile. they've they've done the same thing since since you know. I mean, this isn't an isolated uh, case, you know. Right, right. I mean, and, I've got he, over over the years. I've gotten a real education here. Um, Yep. And so I, I also wanted to add, when you? we were talking, I had never heard of George Gates until I was told about the indictment and who they were going uh, to arrest. And and I never saw him either until I walked into the courtroom to testify in my father's case. Okay. Um, and And George Gates had never heard of Arthur Smith. No, no. Uh, Tandy, can I ask you something? Um, have people been in touch with you since all this has happened, just sharing how other things have happened with others that that were familiar or if they've had problems within the system? Because I find that to be the pattern with um, areas that seem to be riddled with corruption based on those that are supposed to uh, serve and protect. Now, there's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot yeah. of good policemen. There's a lot of good prosecutors. Uh, you've got oh, a great yeah. prosecutor there right now, that I know. Um, uh-huh. But th- this I will say, um, I will say is was a bombshell that in in the interview, and this will come out, uh, in the interview that I did with him, he did say, because we're going to wait until I interview with him a second time before I release anything. Uh, in the interview, he did say, you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to tell you. It was the prosecutor at the time that was dealing drugs. That was hoping... There was a prosecutor in a county that was dealing drugs, and and George had admitted that he was dealing drugs. Oh, 
and yeah, that, that's that's common knowledge. I mean, that's right. that's in that's in testimony from people, written testimony that from different investigators. I've read it myself because I have boxes and boxes of paperwork on on investigators' work in in the in in everything and. Uh, McGillery was very deep in in a lot of things in this county. Um, McGillery, that was the prosecutor at the time. D- Douglas McGillery, yes. Mm-hmm. He was now he, in all fairness, he was a very good lawyer. I had real close friends since the seventies. He was their corporation lawyer, and he they swore by him. And he was smart, and he was a very good lawyer. That he was also into all kind of of, of things, uh, drugs. Uh, I mean, I I just don't want to list them all, you know. Um, right. <laughs> right. So uh, George was kind of like George, uh, and George was not doing things that he, you know, he was doing things that he shouldn't be doing. The prosecutor was doing things that he shouldn't be doing, and. Uh, so George, I guess, was selling to somebody that was over there. He wasn't actually distributing over there. He was selling to uh-huh. somebody over there. Now, uh, uh, he, but he had been know, trying to st- uh, go straight for seven years before he this indictment come down on him. Um, right, and and he had been warned. Uh, he had been warned by uh, a parole officer of his that he dealt with last to get out of Marion because they were after him. They were going to try to put him away. Now mm-hmm. that's that's powerful. Um, that is it, that it goes, is powerful. It goes along with everything else. Uh, it was a, I told you it was a combined effort between Marion and Bell Fountain. Right. Right, and, and George yeah, is uh, George had had been you know uh, he 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 done some robberies uh, he done things when he was younger I mean but if you get to know him or talk to him at length he is basically a good person um, and and being a, a Doing the things that he done, robbing is one thing, murder is something else. Uh, right. He's not and, and, right of it. Right, right, right. And and I know that when we were talking, and it, I mean, it still doesn't mean it's okay, but he had a he had a very difficult upbringing. Yes, to say the least. Uh, I don't feel that he had a chance, uh, uh, and and his siblings really didn't either. In you know, uh, yeah, I yeah. But this be, is but because, this is where we are now. I asked him, yeah, George. I used to write to him in the late eighties and in early nineties, and and. He never volunteered anything, really. I mean, if you if I asked him, he would explain it to me pretty much. But uh, uh, it, it's very sad. Uh, all, all families can ha- have some dysfunction in them, 
and, and oh, things. Course. But his his was very bad. If you're not shown any love or affection uh, by your mother, it, it it's very sad. <laughs> it is very sad. And still, all this does not mean that he murdered. Uh, that he he murdered your father. And there's the only thing that ties him to the murderer is false testimony by a jailhouse snitch who had nothing to lose. And it was by somebody that um, he happened to know. But let's get back to your father. Uh, what was it that was the cause of his death? The cause of his death? Yes. He was shot four times. He was grazed, I think, twice, shot through the arm in the last shot from different angles. <laughs> he was The last shot was to his high forehead. And it was and, uh, kind of from above, and it went down through. I'm trying to think if it went to the right side or left side, uh, I, you know, I forget. Right, right. No, that's fine. Um, but he had been tied up at some point, yes. correct? his ankles mm-hmm. and wrists had been bound, but he got one wrist loose. He was able to get a wrist loose. So uh, um, I, I've seen the pictures of... Um, of the field that he was found in and um and there's two different there's a couple of different theories there regarding his um his time of time of death and there uh-huh. was the medical examiner's initial report the local med- medical examiner who was contacted and then um unfortunately that didn't work well for the prosecution, so that then they called an outside medical examiner. So there's a discrepancy in the amount of days that he was um, uh, tossed. Yeah, Can the, you elaborate the, on that? The condition of his body, uh, they they tried to say that he was abducted and killed that night. Um, mm-hmm. But he had the condition of his body did not appear that he had been, the uh, the decomposition was not consistent with him being in the field for the whole nine days. Mm-hmm. There, and mm-hmm. he had to be kept in a tub of water, they thought, or better yet, in a freezer. If because his because his internal organs looked like he had just died, and, and right. the original uh, coroner was pressured to change uh, what he said and put it in the paper. And I know this because he was the doctor of my in-laws, and they oh, I knew that that way. Okay. So this is a small town, and everybody's connected in some way. Uh, right, right. Or a lot of, right. or a lot of people are. 
right? People know who each other are, and if not, then they do by the second generation or the third generation or whatever it may be. So, um, okay. So then he actually did change his his report, or was there a second report hey. by? Excuse me. Oh, uh, he. Uh, he was pressured to change what he said in the newspaper. I do know that. Okay. That okay. Wow. All right. So there's a lot of funny business going on there in in Belfontaine, and, uh, and there's a reason that uh, there's a, a theory that it's possible that uh, he was murdered because he had discovered that things were being stolen from the store and that um, it had a, a nice little enterprise going on, whoever was doing this, uh, in be, between the pharmacy, which was a separate entity, but still within the store, and uh-huh. there were guns and rifles or pistols that were um, that were also for sale in the store, but were being stolen as well. Uh-huh. So that's another theory. Can we get into that a little bit? Uh, well, well, I he he told us this shortly a few, just shortly before uh, this he was murdered and he was sitting in our living room uh, after work one night and he told us that the these rifles and Guns, whatever it was being sold in the store were disappearing, and he said they were either stashing them outside in a dumpster or passing them out the back door, or you know uh, they were being stolen, disappearing, and and he had all kinds of problems. He was fighting uh, uh, employees uh, taking drugs on the job, one or two employees. I mean, there it was just. And he, uh, Gray Drugs had turned uh, the books over to him, he said, in the drug department. And they asked him to look over him and try to see what was going on. I, I, drugs were missing, money was missing. Um, and he mm-hmm. said he, had, uh, he could tell what was going on. And he uh, had a little black book. He, he was keeping a record of these things in, mm-hmm. and that book was never found uh, naturally. So, wasn't that? And he also be... had told my brother that also at a, a separate time, shortly before, and even my grand elderly grandmother he had said, but he didn't elaborate. You know. Um, right. And when I said, Dad, um, who have you told? Have you talked to anybody about these problems? And he said, right now I don't know who it's safe to talk to or tell about which problem. Um, and 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 that's very sad um, because I think so he couldn't even go to the local police. What was so bad? Uh, Mm-hmm. There was no one to report it to. There was no help. So, are uh, you saying that he was not able go to the to go to the police? No, uh, absolutely feel... not. Absolutely not. Uh, 
Do you want to elaborate on that or no? <laughs> uh, it, it, it was room. It was been rumored for a long time that some officers would go into different stores at night and take what they wanted. Um, the, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking about I'm talking about a lot of corruption. Um, yes. And, and this is, and I'm not the only one that's claiming to know this. I mean, <clears throat> um, any invest a lot of uh, of the investigators that came and done a lot of uh, interviews. They and even after the trial, I was told, or I mean, during the trial. People would wait outside different different people from the community and try to talk to the lawyers and tell them about uh, corruption. Their that situation. They of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, mm-hmm. And, so there and, is a pattern and, of this going on. I I can't didn't hear what you said. So there was a pattern of corruption in Belfontaine. Oh yes, oh yes. Uh, when when one person has more or less had control of all the agencies, um, uh, okay. I don't. Okay, I don't know and. How. and I don't that know how person else is no longer I hate, there. I hate, huh? That person is no longer there. No. Okay. But it just seems to be a consistent. Uh, that's how. That's how. That is it. A city or it's a town? It's a town, right? There's about thirty thousand or so people there, or. I'm. I'm not sure. I have. I haven't found out yeah. the exact uh, population. I don't know whether it's 30,000 or whether it's more than that. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, that's Bell Fountain in the surrounding county. Uh, right. I mean, within the whole uh, county. Uh, I was going to try to get that, and I kind of forgot about it before the show here. Oh, no, 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 no. No worries. Well, but the town of Bell Fountain itself, let me see, I've got right here in front of me, um, population 2019 is 13,574. Uh-huh. So that's for the town of Bell Fountain. Not, you know, that's just a town. So for uh-huh. anybody who's listening, that's about uh, 50 miles northwest of Columbus, Ohio. So yeah, uh-huh. so 2019 we've got a population of under 15,000. So um, yep, yep, that's that's what that's what it says. And um, is Belfontown, Ohio, safe? The chance of becoming a victim of either violence or property crime in Belfontain is one in 58. Based on FBI crime data. Belfontaine is not one of the safest communities in America. Relative to Ohio, Belfontaine has a crime rate that is higher 
less than 73% of the state's most cities and towns of all sizes. So that's interesting. Uh -huh. That's interesting. So um, hmm, that's very interesting. So it's not known to be one of the safest towns, and yet it's an, it's, it's an adorable little town. But as far as the crime goes, there's a, a little bit too much crime there, and it, and it looks as though somebody else is getting blamed for the crime. Um, yes. Um, so, so he had a little black book. It was his intention to get to the bottom of of the problems and start to talk to people. Um, that were responsible for this, right? Well, he was, I had supposed to, he was supposed to, you know, he was investigating the drug department for great drugs, and he was going to report it to them. Uh, whether he ever gave them a report yet when this happened, I don't know. Um, right. Right. Um, do but, you know yeah, but, but my father's case was listed as... Um, referred to as a high profile case and and um it's i i i know he i you know i didn't realize this at, at the time of the trial but you know the last few years i realized that my father was taken out because of what everything that he knew was going on and who all it involved and and he he was simply he he was simply marked and and executed yeah yep he cuz he had uncovered quite a little ring um he uncovered a ring of crime yes yes Oh. It, it involved okay. it involved too many agencies and too many people, and and he you know he had to be he had to be quieted you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, now your father was a very well respected man in the community as well, though. That's that's what I'm told <laughs> by the investigators yeah. and and you uh, know I. You know, he stood up for what was right, and he. I, when I grew up, we were we were raised not to lie, uh, to stand up for what was right, and to stand up for others. And that, right. that's what I tried to do. <laughs> mhm, mm mhm. Mm well, I'm going to quote what you told me yesterday. Whatever my dad uncovered. They weren't fooling him. He knew what was happening. And uh -huh. I, uh, yeah, and um, they eliminated him. Like you said, they eliminated him. Did his wife at the time, did Marianne know about this black book as far as you're aware? Uh, she told us afterward when we asked her about it. Um, the the one of the police 
policeman or that we talk to or investigate or ask us to uh, ask her and she claims she did. I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't have any black, what black book, you know. Hmm. Um, Hmm. So uh, my my grandmother, you know, was elderly at the time, and she claimed he had showed her the book, and she and volunteered that information uh, from reading, you know, about the trial and stuff and what we testified to, and and she told me that I didn't ask her. Oh goodness. Okay. So there were some inconsistencies in this story. Pardon? I there, can't. There are inconsistencies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everywhere and concerning all this. Um. Okay. Now, um, now as we've, dis- as we've discussed, George did have... A history and and he was starting to do well he was doing construction he was um, straightening out his life but he was still also involved a little bit in in the drug business right uh, that's um, what I've been told <laughs> right but um, um. he had a history he knew Roger, oh, what's Roger's last name again? Uh, it's Jimmy Rogers. Jimmy Rogers. He knew Jimmy Rogers, who ultimately was the man who uh, snitched, gave uh-huh. false snitch testimony. So he had a history with Jimmy Rogers because they had met before, and he knew, and they had done a couple things before, but then Jimmy Rogers had gone on to uh, a higher level of crime, which involved violence, and that's where uh-huh. George and and, and George, I, I I understood George uh, uh, felt that he couldn't trust him and had a difference with him, and he quit um, uh, doing anything with him or, or distanced himself from him. Um, Right. Right. That's that's my understanding too and uh, yep, that's my understanding and um now you you, you know I I feel sorry for there's two sides to this. There's there's my family that suffered the loss uh yes. and then there's George Skates and his family and his 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 children lost a father, um, uh, and his youngest son, I guess, to my understanding, was five at the time. My father's son was eight. They they mm. on both sides they both lost their father through this, and um, yeah, I feel sorry for all of George's children. You know, um, they're the ones that. That suffer the most sometimes from these uh, these cases are the children, the loved ones on the outside. And when there's a wrongful conviction, he never would have been there. He never would have been wrongfully convicted a second time in the Lucasville riot. 
and and this man has been through, you know, twice it has been snitch testimony that has destroyed his his life. Yeah, and and and, and, and this and, has never made your whole. This has never found there. There so far there has not been justice for your your father, and so no, we need to get to the bottom no. of this. Um. And I think he deserves justice, and and that's why I continue to do this. I I have always, uh, I've always volunteered anything I had. I've never refused to talk to anyone over the years. I've had I don't know how many advocates, investigators, reporters. Um, come to me and I've worked with them and and a lot of them, some of them had very good information, some of them uh, done a lot of work, but then all at once they just stepped back and I I never could understand that. Uh, mm-hmm. Why they didn't try to do anything with what they did have. Uh, Maybe there's something I'm not understanding here about it. Um, it's, well, the system can be tough. The system can be tough, and people, you know, want to be able to make a difference and, and do something that is, you know, that will make a difference. And But the thing is, you got to hang in there, and, and, and you've got to stick with things and keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, you, and, you know, and and just like you are. And now you've got a prosecutor there. And how long has he been the prosecutor? Ten years. He came from out, he was, he took the job, he, uh, he was from out of state. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's a good thing going for us. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so he's, so he's, Looking into the case, and he has not shut the door, and and so this is just it. Is I mean, with all the volumes of paperwork that you have, uh-huh. it's it, it's I I mean, just once again, the you know, there's so much that leads to others as opposed to. George, and I want for you, and 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 for closure for you as well, for you to be able to know that the right person is being punished for this horrific crime yeah. that hurt so many people and that killed your father, and. Um, can I ask well, I, what Mary? Go ahead. Uh, my father left behind nine grandchildren. You know, um, uh, they've they've you know they're all been affected uh, in some way. Uh, oh, of course, of course. And when and when when I have you back on again. We can get into more of the nuts and the bolts of what went wrong in 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 the trial. I just wanted to you know get this story out there, but we can get into more of the nuts and the bolts, and we can read from uh, 
You can read from that anonymous letter. It is a bit of a long letter, so maybe we'll just highlight some of it and, and uh-huh. read through some of it. But there's, you know, I know that based on some of the investigating and, and research and work that I've done on it, that, you know, I started putting up this like little, little wall full of papers that, you know, nothing links to George Gates. But yet no. everything, there's so much more probability with even Marianne and Kathy and others that, now, now the thing is, Jimmy Rogers couldn't put, uh, did what we believe is a false confession, am I correct? Saying that he was there with George and that mur- and that George murdered uh, there's uh, there's a possibility that 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 he done he was in on it or I th- I think there were several people in on it uh, mm-hmm. whatever happened uh, uh, but yet there's no DNA of Jimmy Rogers in no. the well car. back then Nothing they didn't any- have that to yeah. really go on. Um, you know, it was different back then. This was 
And uh, I, I, I genuinely hope that that this prosecutor will will take on this case and and uh, and that that he you get to work with him. And that's what we want is uh-huh. to work with him because a good prosecutor wants the right people to be responsible for the crimes. Well, you know, the problem is it's such an old case. And, and you know, if we had uh, new evidence, you know, uh, uh, backed up, uh, that it would be opened right away, you know. Um, mm-hmm. the, there is some things they're working on. Uh, okay. Uh, and we'll get more into the snitch testimony and, and whatnot. We'll get more into that and uh, and more into the contradictions. But right now, Sheila, I actually have to start closing out the show. Um, but you've shared an awful lot with us uh, already tonight, you know, and restated, you know, what happened to your father, and it's very important for us to remember. This is this is about the innocence of somebody who's been wrongfully convicted, but this is also about your father and 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 closure and true justice for you and you for your family. So I want to thank you for coming on, and I hope you'll come back on again and we can continue this. Would you be willing to do that? Uh, yes. Yes, I would. Uh, and and okay. thank you again for having me, okay? Ab- absolutely. Thank you so much for telling your story, and, and God bless you. Um, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in tonight to listen to the beginning of the story of who done it, who killed Arthur Smith really, and why is there a man serving a life sentence for a murder that he had nothing to do with? This is far too common. We're going to talk more about snitch testimony and the statistics. We're going to get deeper and more thorough into this case as we continue digging deeper into it, and we will share the matters uh, with you that we can share. There are certain things that we cannot share, but we will share everything with you that we can, and buckle up, because this one will have you whirling. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in tonight on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network, and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio, and I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. And please tune in on Tuesday evening, half an hour later than you did tonight, because, oh, boy, we're going to talk about the world today, and we're going to have Stephen Burke, James Tree, and Greg Penglis is going to join us as well. Good night, and God bless.